Um, anyway, I haven't seen Spider-Man yet. Go see it. Here's the thing, though. Like, I already know... I, I don't think I can say anything, because spoilers. But, like, I already know a lot of the, the special guest stars. Yeah. And it's like... Uh, it kind of exhausts me. It kind of exhausts me. It, it, I don't think it should. I think I think what you're missing... Like, listen... You know, you know, I don't like the Tom Holland Spider Man. I've always been a contrarian in that sense. Yes, I think this is one of the top five Spider Man movies. Yeah, easily, easily, easily. I, I think. This I think is... it's funny that you say top five, and I have to count. It's like okay, there have been a lot, but have there been enough that top five makes it good? Uh, yeah. All right, that's fair. I just didn't want to. I, I don't want to say top three because it's not top three. <laughs> There's been yeah. nine Spider Man movies, mm-hmm. so top five means. It's solidly in the middle. This is, you know, B effort. Right, I'm just, okay, it's definitely an A. It's definitely yeah. an A. Okay. I, yeah. I will I will say this. It is definitely a Spider-Man movie. I, Got it. I will say I'm surprised it took them three movies to make a prequel or an origin story. But um, yeah. <laughs> I think I think this is a, an excellent movie. I think this is the movie that finally gives us... Like an actual Peter Parker, I feel because like I don't know. I feel like a lot of things about Peter Parker, and I, and I hate being the guy who has who's like stuck to the gospel, whatever. Right? Here we go. I there's <laughs> to to me there are two fundamental things about Spider Man, and it's one of them is the great power, great responsibility. Like I need that guilt. I need I need that substitute Catholic guilt. Um, and organic webs. <laughs> And the the second the second thing is, um, and, it's, and somebody put this really succinctly, and I loved it, was when Spider Man wins, Peter Parker fails, and mm. vice versa. And and I feel that for the first time we get that. Um, and I and I that's part of why I liked uh, what was it No Way Home No Far From Home the one where he goes on the field trip. Yeah 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 because that's that was beginning. That's when we started really getting that whole idea of like. Uh, you know, when Peter Parker wants to be Peter Parker, it, uh, Spider-Man gets in the way of that, right? Um, and so, like, I feel like this movie finally really gives us the, the actual, like, Peter Parker. He stops feeling like a Miles Morales facsimile, which is all I've wanted. Because <laughs> Miles yeah. Morales deserves better than to have his origin story stolen by a white kid. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I will say this: it it felt like there was a personification of film and movies in general, and it gave me a big hug. That's what the movie felt like. Well, okay, so I'm not gonna lie. I I think we need to move on from the Spider-Man conversation because I haven't seen it. Let's talk about stuff that I've actually experienced. This is the Superhuman Registration Podcast. Uh, wishing you a happy new year. Welcome to 2022. Uh, yes, this is a new year. Technically, we finally left 2020 behind. Um, gosh, the last couple of years. Have Wait, been just no, this comes nonsense. out on the twenty seventh, doesn't it? Oh, oh no, it's still here. <laughs> the year is still with us. No, no. I hear I was trying to make a joke about how twenty twenty was so long it lasted into twenty twenty one, and it's like, nope, we're still here. Uh, <laughs> That's I'm how sorry. long it is. I ruined it. I ruined it. <laughs> anyway, uh, to commemorate the upcoming, I guess, New Year. Uh, we thought we would take a look at some origin stories. Now, when I proposed this topic, I was thinking, you know, we'd go with classic characters like Captain America or Iron Man. And not really. We went with an eclectic bunch, and I'm kind of excited to talk about these. Uh, I figured we'd each just take the story that we suggested okay. for summary. And uh, where do we want to start? I'll start. 
Okay, so that was the She-Hulk, number one, correct? The Savage She-Hulk, number one. That is correct. Um, this is... Sorry, I was, like, waiting for you to talk about it. I'm like, oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> uh, created and written by Stan Lee. I think this is the only issue he wrote for this one. Um, illustrated by John Bushima and Chick Stone. Um, Bruce Banner is uh, kind of trying to lay low and stops by his uh, attorney uh, cousin, who he hasn't seen in a long time, but they were, you know, kids together and they were real close and had a good relationship. And he admits to her, I'm the Hulk. And we get a one one page review of his backstory. And she's in a she's a criminal attorney that uh, has some bad guys after her. She gets shot. And uh, Bruce fights off the bad guys without hulking out, gives a uh, gives her a blood transfusion to save her life, and then escapes as the Hulk away from the police before they can show up and ask too many questions. Well, then, as she's in her hospital bed getting better, uh, Jen Walters is confronted by these same guys trying to kill her before she can, you know, work on this criminal case, and she hulks out and uh, is kind of like, "Yeah, I'm I'm super powerful. I can do anything," and she like throws a whole hospital bed at him and chases him out of the uh, um, hospital and lifts up a uh, an elevator car and um, you know rips to the roof and you know pulls a sign out of the ground and knocks their car off and you know fights off the bad guys hands them off to the police and gets back to her hotel room and changes back to herself and there it is um, very straightforward origin um, not a whole lot of nuance to it it's kind of like the, well, what happened is the TV show was getting popular and there was talks of having a female Hulk and so Marvel said, we need to make this character before the TV do- the TV show does and that way we will have the rights to it. Um, so they did and we have Jennifer Walters. Now, I will say that she becomes a more interesting character later on. I don't know how I feel about the fourth wall breaking stuff she does later in, in later series where she knows she's in a comic book. Um, some of the way that she's drawn also probably hasn't aged well or wasn't right to begin <laughs> with, really. Um, but I think this is, you know, classic comic example. Nothing, um, you know, too crazy. The coloring's really good. The, uh, the art's really good. You know, good paneling and everything. Um, just that, like, classic Marvel style. And, um, you know, there it is. That's that's pretty much it. She uh, is they're going to have a show next year. Tatiana Maslany is going to play her. She was in uh, Orphan Black, where she plays like someone with multiple personalities, so it's basically like she's playing eight, eight different roles. I haven't seen it, but I've only heard good things about it, and people are blown away. They're like, oh, she's so good, oh, she's so good. And she's going to be She-Hulk, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, what did you guys think? I was surprised that this didn't feel like an origin story for the She-Hulk. Like, I'm surprised that this was in its own magazine, and yeah. it wasn't just published in the Hulk, right? yeah. yeah. Because this is a this is a Bruce Banner story, or excuse me, this is a uh, Robert Bob David Doc Bruce Banner. Yeah, I think so. They were they called him David Banner on the show because um, there was thought that how do I put this? Um, there was Bruce was like felt to be a uh, gay name, and they they didn't want that. What? Yeah. Let what? Me, yeah. Uh, incredible. That's folk. the silliest thing yeah. I have ever heard. Yeah, this is the Bill Bixby Lou Ferrigno. I shook that man's hand. That is enormous. Yeah, he's been <laughs> <laughs> uh, unsurprising. Dude also loves to play it up for the camera. Oh, I'll bet he did in the Incredible Hulk movie. Yeah, like well, when like, he had a cameo as a security guard. Well, like, so, so I mean, like, uh, 
I think the first Salt Lake Comic Con, uh, I went as press, and I got to go to like the little press conference, like the day the day before it officially started. And he was uh, like off to the side. He's not out to this. He he was outside the door, like he was waiting to be called in or whatever, right? And he noticed that a bunch of us were taking pictures of him, uh, kind of waiting because you know we all got tired of watching Dan Bar talk for twenty minutes, and. <laughs> 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 So we started taking pictures of Luferigno outside the door, and he saw it, so he just started, like, flexing for us and, like, giving smiles and doing, like, little poses. And I was like, this dude's all right. And, uh, and then, like, later at <laughs> the convention, I bumped into him. He was coming out of the, the bathroom, and I was going into it. Uh, and that dude uh, shook shook my hand uh, before I went in, because I was like, oh, man, hey, like, you were great at the press conference. He's like, yeah, yeah, cool. Shook his hand a little bit. Uh... Big meaty hand, also wet. So I know that man washes his hand. Good man. Good, Good I man. He was someone that was worth looking up to. <laughs> yeah. In the comic book, the Hulk's alter ego is named Bruce Banner, although his full name is Robert Bruce Banner. Robert Bruce. Um, for the show, however, the character was renamed David, leading to an urban legend that it was because the name Bruce was considered too homosexual. Urban legend. I apologize. Urban Stories legend. that claim the name Bruce was considered too gay for the series are grounded in urban legend. Ken Johnson has never said that it was the case in changing Banner's first name to David, and there's no evidence that the network or studios asked for such a change. In the comics, Bruce uh, Banner's full name was Robert Bruce Banner, and Bruce was established as Banner's middle name on the series as well. A contributing factor to the name change was the series producer Kenneth Johnson's dislike for alliterative names, which are typically used in comic books. Uh, yeah. Johnson decided that David, his son's name, was more solid. So this man sucks. Yeah, who doesn't like the allure of comic book names? What the heck? Peter it's Parker, Bruce books. Banner, Lex Luthor, Lana Lang, J. Jonah Jameson. We've Clark done this Kent, bit before. Dum Dum Dugan. I yeah, yeah, I hate yeah. that somebody somebody told me that because his name is uh, John Jonah Jameson. He's a JoJo, and I hate that knowledge. <laughs> I'm I'm choosing to forget that. It's yeah. It's better that you don't know or understand yeah. it. Okay, here's the question though: Is he a stand user? No, don't stop it. Anyways, what's his stand? Um, uh, not a spoiler. No, I'm not. Gonna, this is this is my favorite thing. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, like again, this is this is not a She-Hulk story, really. This is a this is a. It- this is a whole. I, th- I think, story. if anything, this is the most patching passing of the torch. Yeah. That I've ever read. It actually because it, like you said, it doesn't start out as a She-Hulk origin story, right? But by the end of the book, it is. And right. I think it does that transition really well, where like you don't realize that it was an origin story because they passed off, they passed the torch in the middle of the book, and I think it a pretty well, well done manner i mean you do realize it's an origin story because it's it's a giant she hulk on the cover well yes yeah. kind of tip but, but other than with, that i'm working i'm going off of what cool you cover. said steven i'm trying to support your thesis you shouldn't do that uh, well yeah clearly the regret is setting in <laughs> uh, um anyway yeah no i i agree i think the art is pretty solid um it's definitely of its time. I don't love the the design of Jennifer Walters. No, um, the bob and the... Is it a cravat or a bandana? I'm pretty sure that's a scarf. Let's just call it a tie. Okay, I didn't realize we were voting. But okay. Nothing for Aldo? Nothing from Aldo for that joke? Nothing I have, at all? I, no. <laughs> no. You... <sighs> I just thought it was bad enough to, to merit the so bad it's funny. Whatever. That's why I like <laughs> 
I like that John Bushima draws everybody. There's not really like same face going on, which is my big complaint with a lot of a lot of comics. But yeah. everyone has like a distinctive look, which is really cool. Even these like yeah. background, you know, thugs that you know. Here's your medicine. You you ask too many questions, lady, and you ain't gonna like the answers. Oh, you're not doctors. And yeah, let's see. They're distinctive bad guys. Yeah, She Hulk's got a great design. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, big, strong, green lady with big, curly, green hair. It's good. She looks like a female version of the Hulk. Yep. Um, you know, but sexy, which, uh, you know, as, as a product of its time, is kind of frustrating. But the characters made it work. Like, I, because I know where She-Hulk winds up, it doesn't bother me as much. Yeah. even, I think... I don't know what the Hulk was like at this time. I don't know how like mindless and monstrous he was portrayed at this He's, time. He was gray. Yeah, he was Frankenstein's monster. It wasn't. Was this? Wasn't, was this gray Hulk in the? Because this is no. I'm so. Oh, at this time, I thought you meant like at the same point in his origin. What he? Oh was no no like. no no. No, I have no idea. Um, I think he was green, like the Hulk that we are known and are familiar with. Right, but how like how uh, in control was he? Because this is She Hulk speaks in full sentences from the very beginning, and so in my mind, they're kind of setting up from the get go that She Hulk is a different character than Hulk Classic, and so I don't know. I think the more they lean into that, the better it works. Admittedly, I haven't read a lot of the stuff uh, that's been a little bit more recent where they've really leaned into making She-Hulk monstrous. So I don't know how well that works for the character. It's probably fine. I I think, while I think the initial pitch to have, like, sexy She-Hulk is a little, like, all right, whatever. Uh, as as if as if regular Hulk isn't already sexy enough, but whatever, fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the justification though works. It doesn't feel like they're. It doesn't feel backwards. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because I like the idea that because she didn't receive like an atom bomb's worth of rate gamma radiation, right? She's receiving it through a blood transfusion. That makes sense that it's not the whole hulk and i think yeah. that's probably what's been going on with like the the, the modern hulk. i don't know because i haven't read it either i'm just guesstimating here but like i think the guesstimate here is that like one she's either let herself kind of go more into like angry rage hulk or maybe there was i don't know maybe she was near another gamma bomb or whatever stupid comic book reason there is for comic book reason for comic book things to happen uh, radiation <laughs> you know yeah sure <laughs> But yeah, so so I think I think the justification for why she's not exactly the Hulk here makes sense. Yeah, yeah. As much as anything in comic book logic does, right? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I I agree, and I really like the character She Hulk. Uh, this is fine. It's 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 not a story that I feel like is terribly essential, though. Is the thing like, do you need to read this whole comic to be like, oh, cool, She Hulk? Like, I don't know, because I like. Gold standard of superhero origin stories, I think, is the Spider-Man story, right? Correct. Because yeah. not only does it set up how Spider-Man gets his powers, but it sets up, like, his entire ethos. Uh, although, you summed it up really well. When Spider-Man wins, Peter Parker loses, right? Yeah. That's in Spider-Man from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, the the Spider-Man story, the origin story for Spider-Man works so well in a way that... Um, a lot of other stories kind of don't live up to, and I don't think this does, because it doesn't tell us anything about the character of Jennifer Walters other than her occupation and what her Hulk form is like. And I think and I think another thing about it too is right, is that like when you read Spider-Man one or Amazing Fantasy fifteen or whatever, however however specific you want to be about that, when you read that, you can 
still see the character today, right? Like it's still there's still like a through line of who that character is. But like the what I know of the She-Hulk, which is either you know the the hulked out uh, you know super monster that is in the comics today, and the fourth wall breaking stuff that we read a little bit of. Like I don't I don't see that I don't see that through line. I don't see how this character goes from this origin to the fourth wall breaking to the monster hulk stuff going on right now yeah so i so i think kind of on like that merit right of like where this character goes i don't think this book is all that indicative like you said it sets up the character it sets up the like the look the name and the look and like really that's it yeah and i think that's partially you know a uh, result of she hulk not being an a-lister and one of the nice things about like uh, not to her detriment one of the nice things about c-listers is that you can do really interesting reinventions with them in the way that you typically can't with the A-listers, at least not without some sort of promise of returning them to the status quo. Thankfully, one thing that I think Marvel is doing better at in recent years is they are more willing to upset the status quo. Yeah. Um, heck, even, I think I feel like Marvel's actually been pretty willing to do that all along. Like, look at how many different forms the Hulk has taken. Look how many different times Thor has been someone other than Thor or you know, has had some other deal going on. Spider-Man, for crying out loud. Uh, how many times has somebody other than Spider-Man, other than Peter Parker, been Spider-Man? And how many times has it been good? So I'm kind of rethinking that. Every character at Marvel seems to have some level of reinvention going on with them. And so I think it says something, though, that, again, Spider-Man's origin story is something that you can track through pretty much every iteration of the character. And the She-Hulk origin story does nothing to define the character. So the definitive takes on She-Hulk have yet to happen. This story isn't it. Yeah, this feels more like they were checking a box. Yeah. Like, we, we need a female Hulk, done, you know. Yep. We need a Captain Marvel because D DC let the copyright lapse? Cool, we'll make one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, not, I don't have much else to say about it. Aldo, do you have anything else? Not really. I mean, I... In, in agreement with the stuff that we've been saying, right? Like, I think it's not for for what it is. Like John said, which is just checking off a checkbox and you know making sure we file that copyright and all that stuff. <laughs> it's not bad. Like the story that we got is not bad. It's really well executed. It, the art is is good for the time and the writing is solid. It's I think it's just a very I, I just think it's a bit of a shame that like we don't really see the beginning of a legacy for you know dramatic flair. I guess. But right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. For beloved legacy character, She-Hulk. Mm -hmm. It's actually, in reading this, it's Shulk. We've been saying it wrong this whole time. Uh, should we move on to the Fantastic Four story then? Please. <laughs> uh, okay, that's going to be me. So this is Fantastic Four number five, which is the introduction of Doctor Doom. And this story is bonkers. Doctor Doom just shows up out of nowhere he wraps up the entire Fantastic Four, I think this is the Baxter building, um, wraps the whole thing up in a net and says, Haha, you're trapped and I will not let you out unless you voluntarily send the Invisible Woman over to me, I guess she's Invisible Girl at this point, to be my hostage. And they're like, oh, we have no way to get out of this net. And so they do. And so Doctor Doom takes Invisible Girl hostage, takes the Fantastic Four with him to his castle. I don't think it's identified as... Latveria no. at this point and he says you must do what I say or I will not give your girl back to you and the Fantastic Four is like fine we'll do it whatever and Reed tells their, tells everybody what Doom's deal is like he's like oh I know Dr. Doom he went to college with me and he did dangerous science and it was 
bad and he blew himself up so then he went and learned magic and now he is here. And it's just like the whole thing is covered in like six panels. Uh, so anyway, what Doctor Doom wants the Fantastic Four to do is to go back in time and steal Blackbeard, er, Blackbeard's treasure. Because apparently the gems are magical or whatever. They're and Merlin's. he just so happens to have invented a time traveling uh, rug that they happen to be standing on. So he hits the button, sends him back in time. Fantastic Four, or I guess the three, because Invisible Girl is still at Doom's castle, realize that they look out of place in their superhero costumes. So they dress up in pirate clothes, including a black wig for the thing. They get press ganged into uh, the service of this ship and get raided by pirates, during which time they rally the, the crew to beat back the pirates. And it turns out that the historical figure known as Blackbeard is actually the thing. The thing is Blackbeard and the treasure that they got from this pirate ship is Blackbeard's treasure. So they dump all the gems out of the chest, fill it full with chains, and say some malarkey about how they promised to bring Doctor Doom Blackbeard's treasure chest, but not the treasure itself, which I checked. I don't think that's the case. They made that up. So they take the chest back. Uh, Doctor Doom uh, gets mad at them for their betrayal, and Thing smashes Doctor Doom, but it turns out it wasn't actually Doctor Doom. It was a Doom bot. And then Doctor Doom springs a trap on him and is like, you will pay for this. And then Invisible Girl remembers that she can turn invisible and she turns invisible and breaks the, the remaining Fantastic Four out of the trap. They try to track down Doctor Doom, who escapes. The end. This story is bananas. Um, should say this is classic Lee Kirby. Uh, yeah. Sam Lee, Jack Kirby. Um, it has all of the charm and the quirks of Jack Kirby's art. Which, again, I love Jack Kirby's art. I don't like the way he draws female characters. Um, they all tend to be fairly samey. I do think Sue Storm is actually one of his more unique designs, interestingly. Uh, imagine if someone that was in like one of your labs in one of your college courses appeared one day and took you and your friends hostage and then you had to time travel and be pirate. That's just bonkers. This was, this was quite the story. Like indeed, so many plot. It's like really, this was the best way for you to to go about doing it. Like you had to you had to go back in time using this rug you've created. You can't use it, but but you're gonna trick and like you're just like assuming. You know, it really bugs me that like Sue Storm is just like, oh, I'm helpless. Uh, I can't do anything. It really bothers me. Yeah, that 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 is quite annoying. It's not aged well. At this point in time, I guess in the beginning, was she only invisible or could she do like the force field stuff or does that come later? I believe that she didn't have the force field ability. I think that was a later addition to the character. Mm, that makes sense. Probably because they got tired of making her a damsel distress who can only be invisible. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It is interesting how in a lot of the early Lee Kirby stuff, um, I can think of two examples, which is a lot, I guess. Um, there is the girl in the group who eventually winds up being the strongest, despite the fact that early on she's kind of portrayed as the weakest. Mm -hmm. um, thinking specifically of Sue Storm and Jean Grey. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the other prominent Lee Kirby team for Marvel was the Avengers, and the girl was the Wasp. And I don't think she ever quite made that leap. No. Issue 22. Ah. They decide to make her more assertive, apparently. The Force According fields. to Wikipedia. Yeah, Force Fields. But also, like, they're super powerful. Apparently they can block Jean Grey's telepathy, or telekinesis, so that's... Yeah, no, you know. she's easily the most powerful member of the Fantastic Four, um, but not at this early stage. So, like, the, the portrayal of 
uh, The Invisible Girl is dated, quite suboptimal, but I super dig the way that they treat Doom. This whole plot is bananas, and I freaking love the fact that the thing is Blackbeard, despite the fact that Blackbeard was a historical figure. Like, he existed. He was a real yeah. person. Edward Teach, that killed him off of uh, North Carolina. We even know his freaking name. I like the idea that the Fantastic Four are like, oh no, we're in, you know, know pirate times, whatever that is. We can't be seen in our superhero costumes because this is when it's weird. Please, it's weird. Any 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 group of more than one people in matching jumpsuits is weird. Unless yeah. unless you're in a sewer, because I assume you're working. The village people won't understand us. This is lycra. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, I don't know that there's, I don't have much to say about this other than, like Jack Kirby's art, this isn't his strongest art, Doctor Doom's costume design isn't quite the best yet, but the character is 100% there right from the beginning, yeah. absolutely love it. it. It does also feel, I think it was a little inconsistent, because I think in some panels, he has, like, skin-colored hands, and in other panels, he has gloved hands. I didn't notice yeah, I now that. I gotta, now I gotta flip through and look. Mm-hmm. In, so in the first one where he's like moving his pieces on the board, you know, with his very clearly labeled books called Demons and Science and Sorcery. <laughs> he has, he's like hunched over. He looks like your generic bad guy, like, ha ha, the Fantastic Four. Um, but then we get a little bit more nuanced later. So the colors are Joe Sinnott. I don't think he's actually credited in the issue. I was looking Probably for it. I, I think this was it. before they really had a credits page, wasn't it? Yeah. Lee and Kirby get credited. Well, um, of course. But Joe Sinnott and Art Simic, who did the letters, did not get credited, as far as I can find. Um, geez, imagine lettering Jack Kirby. Or, excuse <laughs> me, imagine lettering Stan Lee. Like, it's almost as bad as lettering Chris Claremont, right? Right mm-hmm. out of ink. <laughs> this wasn't that, like... This wasn't that talky, except the way things are described, it's like, did you learn how to write from listening to the radio? Which you probably did, because they're describing things that you can see, and it drives me insane. It's like, <laughs> whoa, what is this that's happening? Ah, oh, we're being washed over. It's like, we can see you, man. Like, say something else. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, it's part of the charm of Stan Lee, honestly, but it can be overdone. <laughs> Yeah. I will say that one of the things I like this, especially in comparison to like all the books we read today, all two other books, is that we get like a really complete story, right? Like we get an adventure. Yeah. Is it briskly paced? Yeah. Is it a little like nonsensical and weird? Of course, but it's, you know, the time and the characters and the series. But I love that that's exactly what we got, right? We got like a beginning, we got a middle, we got an end. And I love the fact that like the thing even gets like his own kind of. Emo- not emotional, he's, he gets a character arc, right? Because he goes to the past, he gets accepted as Blackbeard, He's everybody loves him, whatever, and then he turns on his brothers. And then yep. they then they go back to the present, and he's like, ah, you know, sorry about, you know, trying to kill you when I was Blackbeard in the past. Sorry, guys, and it's okay. You're ugly, it's fine. <laughs> oh, man, I, it's a hoot. It is a hoot. And I love the the way that they handle the thing. And this is like, it, admittedly, it's uh, something that they bring up in his character probably too much. But early on, it's very charming where the thing's like, my life is ruined because I'm a hideous rock beast now. 
And if I have the opportunity to uh, enjoy some, you know, actual, you know, human respect rather than fear, uh, I'm going to take it. Later on, when the thing is very clearly the most, like, popular and beloved member of the Fantastic Four, and he continues to have that sort of, like, mopiness, it reads a little less uh, sympathetically. Well, I shouldn't say that. Just because, you know, other people like you and accept you doesn't mean that you like and accept yourself, so... I should be more considerate of Ben Grimm's emotional state and his insecurities. And I think, kind of going back to Doom, right? Because we're talking first appearance of Doom specifically here. Right. I think this kind of passes, at least what, like, what I, at my test, I guess is what I would call it. Uh, it passes that whole idea of like, we see Doom here and there is a through line to the Doom that we see today. Has he changed? Yep. Yeah. Have we elaborated on why he was studying dark sciences in college? <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> we like, learn what that was all about later. Yeah. We, I think even in the stuff that we've read for this show, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. It comes up in, in the Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom, Triumph, and Torment. Yeah. I didn't mean to read the whole name of that story arc, and then I just... <laughs> it happened. <laughs> yeah, but like we, we see that through line in... in you know, the character has changed. He was Iron Man for a little while, which maybe we should read that at some point. I started I'm very curious good. about that story. It's pretty good. Yeah. The part that so, I read. Yeah, so, so there's that. There's the whole thing of being, you know, God Doom and Battle World and Secret Wars oh, and stuff like that. So good. There's, so, there's so, good. so much that he's done and gone through, but you can still see that through line of the character, which I think when you have, like, a solid character, or not even a solid character, right? When you have a character that, you know, what, what you want them to be, it stays strong for a while. Assuming that that idea is, like, a strong idea to begin with, or that you're confident with it, because, you know, magic, metal, man... <laughs> Seems like that could have easily been, uh, you know, undone really, really quickly if, if they if they weren't confident with the with the whole yeah. idea of Doctor Doom, right? It is kind of amazing how often uh, Lee Kirby characters got there, isn't it? Like we what? well, okay, not I guess it's not Lee Kirby <laughs> even, but like Stan Lee characters. We talked about how Spider Man is Spider Man from his first appearance. Um, many of the X Men, like Cyclops, is Cyclops from his first appearance. Professor X is Professor X from his first appearance. Um, and I imagine to some extent that's credit to the writers who picked up the mantle, you know, after Lee uh, and Kirby passed off on the books. Mm -hmm. um, but there's that much to do where you can have, you know, decades and decades of stories with these characters and change fundamentally very little about who they are and where they come from. I don't know, I, think I just think that's knew... interesting. Don't mess, don't mess with this one. This is... This is Lee and Kirby. Like this, I, th I think it's not even that. I think it's the whole idea that like you see the confidence in the character, right? Like you see this idea of like oh, you know, they're really confident in this whole idea of magic metal man who fights science, and I think it's the idea of staying confident with it, right? Just accepting that idea and fleshing it out rather than trying to change it. And I think that's some of the stuff that we see, especially with a lot of those old characters, because not a lot of them, or maybe maybe more of them or less i actually don't know because i i haven't really thought about how many characters are the same but i mean ant-man has changed quite a bit and i believe he was also like one of those early characters too fair point and yeah. he has that character has changed like it has he's been fleshed out but he also has changed quite a bit in in the time since and i think we've they fleshed him out to being a wife beater so hard that like they're just different character different <laughs> ant-man <laughs> 
we don't really want to deal with this. <laughs> so, so oh, you know, I, I think it is just a little bit of the confidence of the initial team with the idea. I think it's is a really strong foundation for, like, you know, kind of asserting that the character is going to last a while. Yeah. Uh, anything else we want to say about this story? Um, yeah, I was happiest with Doom. So I'm glad that, like, that that was why we read it, and that's what turned out well, so. Yeah, got some foibles, but, like, yeah. <laughs> I also really like that we got the Doombot thing, because... Yes! Yeah. <laughs> the <That's>... Doombots! <laughs> right from the beginning! Because, yeah, how, how many how many books have we read for this podcast and not, right? That that at some point in the Doom story, it's a bot. Or there's a bot. There's suspicions it's a bot. Like, <laughs> a Doombot will come up inevitably whenever you read a, a, a Doom story. And the fact that it's in the first appearance, it's... uh. That's pretty great. I don't know if this is necessarily must-read territory, but if you are a fan of Doctor Doom, it's worth reading just to see how complete the character was from the beginning, right? I think that's probably my, like, logline recommendation. Do you think, with the way that things are changing up at Marvel, that we will get Fantastic Four, and therefore Doctor Doom, the best Marvel villain, in, like, a phase... Five. Oh like what, my gosh! After we have Kang, because I think Kang is the next big bad, like Thanos, and then we get Doom. I don't know. I don't. Know I would love that if Doom like part of all been this... in the movies and they Doom's not been in the movies, but right. no, they haven't gotten him right. So, so I think like, they're afraid of him. That's fair because if I had to guess, they're not confident in the idea. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they they really just need you know Magic Metal Man like like all that's been saying. That's who he is. Just let him be that. Don't turn him into an angry blogger. <laughs> He's an evil king who uses magic and Iron Man suits. Okay, just let him. Ah, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see it, but I don't think it's gonna happen. But I want to see it. I think it'll I think it'll turn out fine. I think I think they have enough samples of what not to do that they could do them right. <laughs> if you can do Rocket, Raccoon, and Groot and make them believable, you can do <laughs> Doctor if, Doom. If you can... Be should be able to. If you can make... If you can make me cry because the big tree man made himself into a ball, then, then yeah. <laughs> Magic yeah, Metal that, should work fine. We didn't have any expectations set for a talking tree like we do for Doctor Doom, you know. I think my expectations are pretty low at this point. That's fair. There have been three bad movies. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say two and a half, but I think it's just... just okay, two and a half because the moment when Johnny Storm in the first movie tickles the thing in a way that makes him slap himself in the face with shaving cream, like, that makes it all worth it. Chris Evans' face when he's like, <laughs> like, when he, when he, like, dis he, like, goes to hide after finally getting him, you know? That, that, yeah, that's delightful. Yeah, that's that half. That's a quarter. That's an eighth, maybe. <laughs> Three and seven eights bad movies. And, see, and seeing Silver Surfer on screen, I've only seen the second one in bits and pieces, but Silver Surfer was still. Sort of I Silver did Surfer. not like that they made the board is his power, and I hate that. The board was his power. Okay, never mind. I take back everything I say. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he gets his power. He, he gets his power from the board. Uh, and no. then I, I believe I believe Doctor Doom is stealing the board so that he can channel the energy from it. Uh, um, that may have some precedent in the comics. If I remember, I'm trying no, to remember. No more, no. I've read, it's based on a story where Dr. Doom steals the power of the Silver Surfer. And I, did he get it from his board? I don't remember. The power cosmic? Remember the board's name is Toomey? I'm sorry, what now? Do you remember that the board's name is Toomey, right? We read yeah. that. That was in the Dan Slot Silver Surfer. Toomey, my board. No, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're done. You piece of crap. <laughs>
Dang it. It was there. That's canon. That's not. The Dang name it. of the board is not to stop it. The stop name it. of the board is to me. Although I think it's time to talk about Spider Gwen. Please. Now I'm looking it up. <laughs> we read that book. I, yeah, Steven, I have. We've read 160 something books. I have forgotten a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is so much I have forgotten. Uh, do you want? Okay, you want me to read Spider Gwen now? Okay, not read. Well, talk about it. Hopefully, you already read, read it already. Yes. Yes. <laughs> He's I like did. skimming real fast. Uh. <laughs> like that time I read a cage. <laughs> what are you running while you read? What's the? Oh my god. Well, we lost on. <laughs> Ridiculous. So this is so Spider Gwen comes from the Edge of Spider Verse series, which was a series of five one shots to introduce new characters for the Spider-Verse event that was happening in the comics. This was written by Jason Latour, art, pencils and inks by Robbie Rodriguez, uh, colors by Rico Renzi, which is one of my favorite names, and and letters uh, by Clayton Cowles. Uh, So what we get here is we get uh, Gwen Stacy kind of being part of a band called the Mary Janes, which is uh, headlined or fronted it's fronted by mary jane uh they're friends technically headlined because it's her name on the headline right i know i said fronted i corrected myself (laughs) well you said both it's it's my second i telling you you had it right the first time although i respect you as a peer and colleague (laughs) it's fine and a friend Uh, and a brother Uh, so so we have mary jane in the group or mj watson she likes to be called we have betty brandt who uh we don't know that in this issue and uh, glory grant i don't know who that is but i'm looking at the wiki and uh, so we do get. Uh, She's her... another classic Spider-Man uh, supporting figure. Sure, yeah. And we get, <laughs> and we get Gwen's origin story in here, in which she was the one who was bitten by the spider, and Peter Parker was like her friend. He was not her uh, guy in the chair, kind of like Ned, but he was just kind of like an admirer from afar. And he really wanted to become like Spider-Woman, so he turned himself into the lizard. And kind of in stopping him and trying to cure him, uh, she was, you know, she was blamed for his death. So everybody sees her as, you know, the woman who killed Peter Parker, uh, her biggest fan. And so she's being hunted by her dad, uh, George Stacy, captain of the, of the NYPD police force in that alternate universe. And so she, in this issue, she reveals herself. And, and this issue... The story kind of makes it feel like we've been, or she has been Spider-Woman for like a year or so, I think. It's it's at least a year, it feels like it. So so she reveals herself to her father uh, after she kind of gets cornered by him in order to, to get away. Um, a couple interesting things that we see in here is we see Matt Murdock. Uh, I, because I've read the Spider-Woman stuff, uh, I can't remember if in this book they kind of point out that he is the guy in charge, like he's like the kingpin here, or or if it's just kind of alluded to it here. At this point, I think it's more that he's working for the kingpin. I don't think it's clear that he is the kingpin. Oh, okay. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so he's kind of the guy that's kind of... He's really... He's the opposite of the, of the Matt Murdock that we know. He's really kind of into the whole crime thing. Matt Murdock, really into crime. Really into crime. I mean, not the way he's really usually into like into crime, you know. Where he's like kind of into crime. Like if you do crime, he's kind of into that. No, he's like into crime. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for picking up the broken pieces. <laughs> yeah, we see him hiring uh, the rhino or Lexi uh, in this issue and to, to attack, right? He's trying to 
to manipulate stuff. He's trying to get the he's trying to get the NYPD off of Spider Woman so that Spider Woman will kind of look at him as more of an ally in this whole thing. Like it's just kind of like the whole different people have different agendas. A lot of hidden agendas in here. Um, yeah, and so after she gets cornered by by her dad, reveals herself to be Spider Woman. Uh, the, the we end like in a tease for the actual Spider Verse event. Um, I forgot which Spider Man it is that Caesar and kind of implies that he's gonna whisk her off to like the six one six universe for the event that's happening. So we don't really get like a real good resolution. We do get a kind of emotional sort of story here, but. It, it, this is really like an incomplete story and it really does this one really does feel like an origin story and a tie-in it feels a lot more incomplete than i remembered i still think it's pretty good though oh yeah yeah i was surprised because i was like oh they had they did a they did some of their issues showing you know peter doing the kurt connors thing nope they just like very quickly on one page we see the whole origin and i liked that because it's like we don't have to spend time doing that we just see you know how it played out there um loved the colors i still think she's in if if not the best then top three of my favorite comics is the spider gwen uh costume um just really love the hoodie just it's it's super cool um so obligatory negative comment uh regarding the creator's personal lives jason latour got me tooed oh dang it oh did he yep How dang it what for uh for the things that people get me tooed for oh you know what that's fair <laughs> <laughs> yeah um there were allegations a while back that have been since fleshed out to be a lot less like i was kind of under the impression that it was like gentle misunderstanding and he's like oh crap i made a mistake and i apologize and i will reflect and try to learn better and then i've read more details more reportings come out since then it's like oh no 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 you done knew better in the moment or should have did and yeah. shame on you so it's disappointing yeah that is that is disappointing that's also a little it's such a weird conflict right because he kind of helped revamp this female character into kind of right. modern awareness and that's such kind of a, at odds. Cause yep. It it would be like, I don't know, if the person who created and writes The Punisher was also a pacifist. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, but this comic book creators are, are super lefty. That's an, It's entirely possible that the guy who created The Punisher <laughs> is, is a pacifist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but... Yeah, so it, so it is like a little, it's like it is disappointing, especially because oh man, now I feel weird saying it, but like he has he does some really he writes really well for the first five issues because I think he did the first five issues and then it was rebooted and then, then he did like one or two and then handed off the series to somebody else. I think I don't know the entire history, or the yeah the entire creative team history of the Spider Gwen comics, but uh but yeah so. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of a, that's a blemish on an otherwise uh, you know great recreation of a character. Yeah, and it takes nothing away from the art or the character design. I wouldn't say, because again, like in superhero comics, we know that it's never the work of a single person. Right. right? It's it's all collaborative, and so the the ultimate character of Spider Gwen, I still think is fine right yeah she's she an interesting character she outlives her um, creator's legacy the 
the thing that I think is interesting about this story, since we're talking origin stories and we're talking like, uh, you know, does this character really have in this story the elements that would come to define them in the long run? I think what's interesting is how much of the Spider-Gwen story, this origin story, sets up how she's distinct, not just from Peter Parker, but from other characters with similar arrangements. Like, how she's different from Batgirl, for example. Batgirl is also a vigilante who is kind of wanted by the police, whose parent is a cop. Mm -hmm. And yet Spider-Gwen and Batgirl are different, and you can kind of see the differences. So... While I don't think it's quite as strong who, you know, Ghost Spider or Spider Woman or whatever she goes by, uh, like, it's not as clear who she is innately. Mm -hmm. It's it's still apparent, like, who she's not. This is, like, superhero but different but twist. And it's like, okay, that's interesting. And it's enough to make me want to continue reading. Yeah. I think there's some interesting stuff in, in here. Like, like you mentioned yeah. the whole, like, her relationship with her dad is, is, is a pretty big element, especially in the ongoing... Her, the the later ongoing stuff, especially because he knows, right? Like that's something that we don't get with like, with uh, with Batgirl, like you mentioned, or or even like yeah, or even like Miles Morales as we see him in Into the Spider Verse, because his his dad is different in the comics. He's he's like a he's like Clint Barton from the MCU. He's like a retired Shield agent, something something something. Uh, it was kind of a dumb re dumb reveal. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, so even then, like, that relationship is still, you know, it's still distinct. I do like that, you know, we have a lot of the typical Spider-Man-isms in here, right? <laughs> we do have, like, the great power, great responsibility. We do have the whole idea that, like, when Spider-Woman wins, Gwen Stacy loses. <laughs> yep. Uh, we do have, you know, a lot of that guilt, uh, that relationship of... You know, somebody important to her died, and now she feels guilty about it, and, you know, so forth and so forth. So there's a lot of, like, Spider-Man, I think, staples here. But they're done in a in a way that doesn't feel, like, reductive. Or, not, not reductive, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but... Derivative. Thank you. <laughs> That's the word. It's a good word. That, that, yeah. Yeah, agreed. I agree with your point 100%. I also like her relationship with the cops. Elaborate. Because her father is a cop, she recognizes what cops do or shouldn't do so when she's held up at the at the train station here and the police officer is shaky he's nervous he's already blaming her for for peter parker's death and he's shooting in a crowded area uh, because he's nervous right so like what does she do she doesn't like necessarily beat him up she dodges the bullets and then tries to pacify him by by webbing his hands uh, to a different surface to stop him from shooting especially around like other people and i think that's that's kind of like a really interesting thing because we see that like a bit, but the way she analyzes it, I thought was like a little interesting because then we see that contrast with her dad. And it's like, she recognizes that her dad is, is in control. He's calm. He's like in the situation because he's actually wanting to bring her in for trial and so forth and so forth instead of just killing her. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. I actually don't think I picked up on it quite that way. I like that. Yeah. That's my reading of the reading. You don't have to take my word for it. But I'm done. Reading <laughs> Dude, that song starts out so aggressive. It starts off about a butterfly. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, they're immediately one-upping the one the butterfly. Butterfly in the sky. Yeah, screw you, butterfly. I can go twice as high. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're something? I'm a human. We invented planes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not me specifically, but I get the reflective glory. <laughs> yeah. The Wright brothers out at Kitty Cock just giving those butterflies what for. <laughs> As they take those off butterflies and... think they're so big. As they take off, yeah, they're just flipping off the butterflies. Below. <laughs> I'm going to take them down a peg, I'll tell you what. <laughs> tell you what. Ridiculous. <laughs> tell you what. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think one of the better I don't want to say bigger legacies because you know this character has endured uh, especially because she the character herself has endured the erasure of the multiverse before they started bringing it back. Um, so when they did the whole Secret Wars thing, right, like that got rid of the multiverse for the most part. Obviously, with an asterisk, and one of the big asterisks was Spider Woman or Spider Gwen. They didn't want to just jam her into the six one six universe, but they also did not want to let her go because they recognized that she was a popular character. So, like one of the things that they did was they kept her universe alive, and for the most part, that's where a lot of her comics took place. And every once in a while, she would jump over to the six one six universe to hang out with that Spider Woman and like Silk, I think. Yeah, we um, read a little bit of one of those stories. Yeah, I think for Thanksgiving. I think so. Yeah, 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 we did. Never um, doing Thanksgiving special again. That was a mistake. <laughs> we <Yeah>. learned. <laughs> Men call me Magneto. Now we know. <laughs> but yeah, that yeah, was but, the best one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I think there is something to be said about like how strong a character we have, especially here, right? Like, I think we have a strong enough character that... I think this issue itself is goes for quite a price nowadays. Not that the value of a book is actually tied to its monetary value, but, you know, whatever. Um, I have a question because... I'm not up in my Edge of Spider-Verse lore. Who is British Spider-Man at the very end? He'll do nicely. I think it's just that. I think it's just British Spider-Man. So the the connection here is that the Marvel multiverse originated in Captain Britain. And Captain Ah. Britain is like the character that has the strongest association with the multiple universes. And so the Spider-Man who hops between different universes being a Captain Britain makes perfect sense. At least to me, someone who really likes Captain Britain and has not read the Spider-Verse series. No, I think think you're right. I I looked it up real fast. Technically, it's Spider-UK. It's not Spider-Man. He's a spider country. Spider? Ugh. (laughs) So Captain Britain isn't content to stay in his own universe. He has to go colonize other universes. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, yes, but no. Oh, gosh. I hate it. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so just to read like the first paragraph from like his from his wiki page, it says a rookie Captain Britain, Spider UK came to learn of the Great Hunt when Moreland was detected in Earth 1983, killing the Spider-Man of that world. And after watching two other Spider Totem connected people getting murdered, he runs away to warm Saturnine and Roma of the murders. So yes, you are you are correct. It's been a long time since I like actually read uh, Spider Verse or Edge of Spider Verse or whatever the actual event was, and like next thing I knew, I think that a few years later they also did Spider Geddon, and I I have been so far behind on my comics that I've not read Spider Geddon. Put it on the list. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Do we have anything else to say about about Spider Gwen? I like the colors in here. Colors, that was yes. my favorite part, to be honest. Like, the Gwen's costume and the colors. Um, nothing too surprising. It did shake up the typical, like, like the Batgirl dynamic, like, having 
her dad, the police officer, know her identity. You know that was that was different, but mm-hmm. the colors uh, were my favorite. I actually really like the way they they draw her eyes mm-hmm. and like the contrast of like her white mask with like the webbing inside the hoodie. Like that's also a really good design on that costume. And how it wraps around her, her sleeves, like the pattern kind of wraps around, is really cool. I like that the blue from her webbing is also the same blue on her like ballet shoes or just slippers. They look like slippers. Yeah. I think they're supposed to be ballet shoes, or at least they rectify that in the movie. But they look like she's she just got out of bed late and she's like, I just need slippers. I need something so I'm not you know barefooted. I always assumed they were Converse or something like that. You know what? That's also they, a fair They're assumption. definitely ballet slippers in the movie, in the Spider-Verse cartoon, but... They might yeah. be. Freaking yeah, love cool. it. That's my favorite detail of her costume, is the uh, the the coloring on those shoes. I think you're love right. It. I think they are supposed to be Chucks. All right, then. Huh. Trendy. Neat. There you go. Stylish lady. You know, it's Gwen Stacy. Styling. Styling on them haters. Of course, I mean, we, it, it goes without saying, but the lyrics to the song are what Mary Jane says to Peter Parker. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like I got the um, origin story from Into the Spider-Verse, like, better. I, I don't I don't know. I was like, okay, that's all I need to know. I'm sold on the character. Like, I don't have, I don't even have to read anything. Just whatever. It's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. it was just, I don't know. There were some really cool shots, like how the camera like spins around her drum set as she's as she's drumming is just really cool i i just love that movie it's a really good movie yeah it's the best spider-man movie yeah correct well well that i've seen at least there you go it's, it's still spider-man 2 but then what is <sighs> listen i still think spider-man 2 is spider-verse is better i do far. think spider-verse is better i think spider-man 2 is very close second though that movie is so good uh where is where are these stories going to rank, though? I think it's time oh, to rank. Oh, what a I'm... transition. Yo. <laughs> wow. I'm so impressed with you, Steven. You've gotten a lot a lot better at this since we started the podcast. <laughs> just, just knocking it out. So, we currently have 174 stories on our list. Uh, highest ranking single issue story is the Spider-Man origin story succinctly titled spider-man <laughs> lowest ranking single issue story is uh eminem punisher which is at number 171 so i'm pretty sure these three stories go somewhere in the middle yes high above the bag of farts that is the eminem punisher but not that close to the top to the you know actual spider-man origin um, I was looking at the middle of the list here for um, She-Hulk, and it's not bad, but it's not stellar. It it does its job. the The art is very good, I think, um, and, and you know, colors and everything. And like, it's a good it's a good comic, but it's not you know one you're gonna knock down people like in a store to get a copy of. You know, it's yeah. I think I like it more than some of these other kind of odd titles. Wait. Dang it, because I'm, I'm seeing... I like it better than the Galaxy's Best, Best Detective, the Gwenpool Holiday Special Mary Mix-Up, better than Spider-Man Noir, but Kang Dynasty I really liked, so that would be my ceiling. But Thor's Battle World was really good, but that's below... That's, like, lower than some of these, like, Galaxy's Best Detective and A-Babies versus X-Babies, which is great, but Thor's Battle World, that was pretty... That was pretty great, too. Um, I'm thinking somewhere between 61 and 71. What do you guys think for She-Hulk? That's uh, higher than I was thinking. I was 
genuinely thinking like around cage, which is like 90. That's actually higher than I was thinking. Oh. oh. <laughs> it looks like Aldo's like, going to get his way I was thinking around then. the Sweet Christmas special. What number is that? That's number 130, which really? is weird. Wow. I don't know. Why is that so low? I feel like that is actually too low. Okay, so I'm I'm talking myself back up. Sorry. Um, I'm is not this worse than to... cadaverous? It's not worse than cadaverous. Cadaverous is bad. One one fifty one, I think, is like the bad line. Well, I don't I don't mind civil war, but we've already we've talked that to death. Um, <laughs> things one fifty one right now is Galacta, daughter of Galactus, which is bad. It's just yeah. bad. And yeah, I don't that, think the story yeah. is bad at all. I just no. I don't know. It's it's like. It doesn't strike me as required reading. It doesn't strike me as particularly entertaining reading. Um, whereas Cage is like definitely not required reading because it's a little bit eh on the, some of the subject matter. But the art is stellar. Like it's got something to recommend it. It definitely goes above Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Which is weirdly high on this list. <laughs> oh, it's above Demon in a Bottle. That explains everything. Okay. There you go. <laughs> That's a demon in a bottle, baby. You gotta <laughs> sell your soul in the right way, honey. <laughs> you know, I like Executioner's song more than any of us. She-Hulk. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> True. It was one of. Uh, I'm sorry. Like right or wrong, it was one of my first comics. One of the issues from Executioner's song, and so. In my head, the way that some of these characters are supposed to look is how they look in that comic, you know. Dude, I get it. I, I, the guy who made us read Fatal Attractions. There you go. But, I don't know, it's still better than some of these that are in the middle here. Definitely over 104. I don't know, like, that's as, that's like as low as I would go in, in this context. I don't know, what do you guys think? I don't know, I'm kind of talking myself into somewhere around cage actually cage yeah it's like, about the middle of this yeah it, okay i think it's better than why stands for freedom yeah okay. i'm, I'm random captain right. marvel story that that i remember that we called it why stands for freedom and i don't remember anything else about it the villain was quirky without being memorable yeah, yeah let's some, do it 92 she was, she was a teenager okay. with a magic book and she had a book i swear she had a jetpack was it or magic rock or something what I'm going to have to reread that story at some point, except it's apparently not because it's kind of low on the list. It's like, yeah. it was fine, but not in the reread territory. Yeah. I mean, okay. we wanted to do a Captain Marvel as early as possible, and we did. We just didn't pick a great one, apparently. So. Yeah. Yeah, this is the one that has her, like, flying on the cover and Spider-Man sticking to her respectfully. Respectfully. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Parker. Okay, so that's between Why Stands for Freedom and Dead End Kids. Where do we rank the Doctor Doom story? What's the Doctor Doom story called? Triumph and Torment? Oh, this no, one. that one. This one. Doom. The one we actually read. I think it's, it's probably something Doom. like his name is Doom or something like that. Prisoners of Doctor Doom is what it's called. Mm-hmm. So it's good. It's not, I don't think it's like top 20 good. No, and you no. want to put Doctor Doom high, but it's, it's, there's not enough that, they, they go, they, they go travel through time to go steal pirate treasure. Like, that's a what? little. And the thing turns into Blackbeard. That's a hoot. Steven. I'm sorry, that's really fun. You keep saying it's a hoot like it's a thing people say. <laughs> I say it. <laughs> that I orange felt, you have to, man. you have to prospector it up a little bit. 
That orange feller got himself a fake beard. I'm an old man, but deep in my heart, I'm an older man. Where is the search for eternity? What? I'm sorry, which one? Uh, you know, the Stanley Steve Ditko, Doctor Strange. No, I don't think that's the name of it. Mm, anyways. <laughs> Aldo's doing my bit! How dare you, Aldo. <laughs> Aldo's doing we my bit! one rule. <laughs> we don't talk about Fight Club? No! The other... We have two rules! <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so uh, I think this, I feel like this goes around the search for eternity. I go. think it's better than the search for eternity because the search for eternity was a chore to read. It ranked where it did, like as high as it did because of the art. Was it a chore to read partially because it was only printed in the back of another comic? I mean, that was part of it, but. There were so many words that didn't mean anything. <laughs> Words. Okay, so the search for eternity is at 102. We ranked She-Hulk higher than that. Did we, oh, we did, didn't we? And this, we yeah, did. this is better than She-Hulk. It is a complete, but I still That's think right. it doesn't go higher than I don't know. I'm, I'm looking above Kang Dynasty. Well, it goes above Project Gelsemium. It does. Yeah, it goes above the the Star Wars New Hope manga because I think in like this is kind of a, like a recommended read. Yeah. The good old days is the the actual lawyer story with She-Hulk, right? Right, where She-Hulk represents Captain America. That's, That's a ceiling. great one. That's yeah. my ceiling. I don't hate it as a ceiling. I mean, I kind of feel like it should go higher because it's definitely more, like, historically relevant. But I don't know. That that She-Hulk story is really fun. Yeah, it's really and So I would put then I would put it right under it. I would put it at 77. I don't um, hate it. Because as much as I love Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, it is yeah, the historic. That has to be part of the argument. Yeah. Right. Actually, and, and actually, now that I'm looking at these other things, based on like historic value, probably goes above like Blind Spot and like Killer Instinct and Rogan Gambit. Rogan Gambit. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I a little higher. I still think that Rogan Gambit story is fun, but also we yeah. ranked Original Sin Thorn Loki up here pretty high. We did. Which was a bit of a surprise. Guess it goes above A Babies. A Babies versus X Babies is only there because we like Scotty Young. Yeah, I'm probably like Scotty like, Young. We do like Scotty Young. What about the famous a- annual? <laughs> the... <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> That's what they call prostate checks on Titan. <laughs> Famous annual. No, it's a- annual. Annual. I don't know. Where is it? It's not as low as you think. <laughs> oh my gosh. I hate myself for laughing at that. Uh, He's real tall. <laughs> we are children we are stupid stupid children all right oh. so <laughs> all right, <laughs> 63. so i've gotten <sighs> up to uh king dynasty at this point and i'm curious about how much higher this keeps going we breached the thanus mark <laughs> Oh no, they have reached the Thanus. <laughs> We're too deep. We're in too deep. <laughs> All right, I'm comfortably around the King Dynasty. My gauntlet is stuck. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Dang it, John. 
so mad uh, right now. <laughs> I would put it here. I would put it right under Kang Dynasty again. Like I just really like Kang Dynasty. It's a bigger story. There's some great art in there. There's a lot going on. A lot of things happen. This this has some good Doctor Doom, but as a story, it's all over the place. Which as a story, it has the thing being Blackbeard. I, I'm sorry, I, I cannot that's, get over. No, that's fair. I like that point. And that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of Fantastic Four style a little bit, right? Like they're kind of, you know, they they fight like the supernatural. They fight like weird things, you know, like they fight magic metal man. Yeah, yeah. It's they fight magic, they fight space stuff, they do they're adventurers, you know, it's a little bit of everything, but um oh, I just keep I just keep thinking about that awesome is it Damocles, like that ship? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, sh- I just like that he goes power crazy over being Blackbeard. Yeah. I mean wouldn't we all? I mean, you know. Yeah, if you found out you were a historical figure, Blackbeard, yeah. I think I'd go a little mad with power. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm honestly kind of getting sold on it. All right, good. So should we put okay. it between Kang Dynasty and Spider-Man Noir? Yeah, yeah, above Spider-Man Noir. Yeah. Okay, I think I'm okay with that. All right, that's our new number 62. Right above the famous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where do we rank Spider-Gwen? Uh, I want to say right around the same area where we're at. Yeah, Washington. same neighborhood here. <laughs> I I want to say the Doom story is better. Yes, uh, yes. Okay. In some aspects, I think it's a pretty close, close race. I would put it... Under Thor's battle world. Really? That low? Yeah. Because it, it was fine and, like, a good example, but it was, like, a little taste and we didn't get a whole lot. Like, you know, she she had that a fight. That way it's weirdly comparable to Thor's battle world, right? I was going to put it above Spider-Man Noir for being a Spider-Man that's not, you know, a little racist. Ugh. <laughs> I just, I like my Thor's. That's fair. Right. I like Thor's too. That's one of my favorite Thor books. CSI Thor. C- CSI Asgard. <laughs> CSI Thorami. <laughs> it's, it's a Miami joke for no apparent reason. Okay, so. It, I mean, if it's not going under Thor's battle world, then it needs to go above Spider-Man Noir, but it's not going to go above Doctor Doom. Because I'm constantly using that as an argument to drop stuff in the rankings, that it's not a complete story, that it's just like the one issue. And on top of everything, it leaves on like a... It leaves on a cliffhanger for the overall, you know, franchise, I guess, and a cliffhanger for a event comic. Then, yeah, I can, I can, like, I can accept this below Thor's Battle World. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm fine with it. Cool. Cool. Okay, so uh, for our next episode, we've got a couple of kind of odd deep dives into the back catalog of Marvel Unlimited. Uh, first up, we're gonna read Powerless, which is a uh, early 2000s miniseries. It's the B-side to Kanye West's Power single. Oh, now I'm bummed out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, I mean, to be fair, that is actually one of his better songs. Um, it's because it's a Daft Punk sample. Oh, fair. Wait, is that one? Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm actually thinking Power. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of Stronger. My bad. Yeah, I mean, Stronger is also one of his better songs. Um, Power is one of his better songs because it was in the Power Rangers movie. So... Oh. Powerless. <laughs> it was. Also, Powerless is a 2004 yeah. miniseries. Gosh, I'm sorry. The Power Rangers movie is so dumb, except for the parts where it was glorious. Um, also, also, he's Yi now. He's Wee? Sorry. His name is Yi, like Y-E. He's also somehow tangentially like connected to the efforts to overthrow the 2020 election. No, I don't think so. No, he is. Like one of his, uh, one of his, like his publicist 
tried to coerce the the Georgia Secretary of State into throwing out the results and uh, awarding the electoral votes to Trump. Oh, jail, jail, something jail, like that. Jail, jail, it's jail, really weird because uh, Kim Kardashian West was working a lot with the White House to get a lot of uh, people who were incorrectly incarcerated. That's such a weird power couple because they're a power couple at odds. <laughs> Are they still together? Like Mario and Peach. Anyway, all of that's tangential. No. 2004 <laughs> miniseries called Powerless. It's a story that posits that the Marvel superheroes kind of go through the same events that turn them into heroes, but they don't actually get powers. They just get sick and die. Um, so we're going to balance that out with a classic Star Wars comic called Dark Empire. This is from 1991. This is canon. Like, this was Star Wars canon back when that was a thing. I've read it. It's been... I, I read it in junior high, so I have very little memory of it. Um, be prepared to talk about Rise of Skywalker quite a bit. Oh, bummer. I kind of wish the Halo books were in the Marvel Limited app. That's Beyonce, not Kim Kardashian. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I was going to make a joke. I was going to, like, start singing Halo oh, and say Halo. Kim oh. Kardashian. And... No, it's... Yeah. Sorry, was, that sorry. made no sense. That makes sorry, much yeah. more sense. Well, yeah. well, like, you mentioned that this was, like, super, like, your jam about, like, high school, like, stuff. And, uh... The Halo comics and books were like way my jam in like high school, and Marvel was the publisher for a lot of the the, the Halo books. Oh, really? Bummed out that they're not on the app. Huh. Well, I mean, give Disney they'll time, buy them they'll out probably they'll buy them out sometime. <laughs> Ugh. It is actually kind of infuriating how much of my pop culture is owned by a singular entity. It's owned by a single corporation. It's yeah. just it's at this so point. Much. At this point, three things are inevitable. Death, taxes, and that Disney will buy it out at some point. Yup. Except death and taxes don't apply to the third one, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>